we all do it. We are living in exciting times. Crazy times, some may say, but exciting times all less because we know what has been written from the foundation of the beginning of time. You know, and that's where we should have our confidence. As we know things are moving, we've been talking, uh, Sharon spoke this morning about Israel. There's only the start of things to come. So whatever affects Israel will affect the world. It will affect America. It, will, uh, it starts off a domino effect. And uh, we're going to see Australia uh, affected by that too. So as I've been saying for the last two years, get ready for something crazy to happen. Uh, but be assured that God is with you and for you if you will trust him through this time that we're about to enter into. Because the devil is at work. He knows his time is short, so he's just letting loose on everything. You know, to say just on everything. He's out to destroy the Word of God, the truth of God's Word. He's out to destroy the people of God. And that's why everything right now in our world that you see is all targeted, targeted those very things to do with the Christian world, the Christian faith. Everything is targeted. You know, I was just saying to someone the other day, uh, winding right back a little bit, you know, we can see all through history the attack on the church, on God's Word. Everything is connected that is like that. Even if we go back to 9-11 with the Twin Towers, right up to uh, what's going on now with The Voice, all those, if you look deep enough, you'll find they're all connected behind the scenes. The Voice is very divisive. It's not what you, they're telling you. And that's why I keep telling people all the time, you cannot trust politicians. <laughs> We've always said you can't trust a politician. And when we particularly, I mean, there are some good politicians. Don't get me wrong. There's some you can trust. I know some of them are really good guys. Senator Alex Antic and a lot of others, great guys. But there are people that have told us lies. And yet we keep going back, believing them again. You've got to start discerning the truth, discern the days that are before us. And when, when a, a, anyone in power has told you constant lies and you see that, come to pass, why can you go back and trust them? Why, why would you go back and trust them? So we need to be discerning these times of where things are heading. Uh, you know, there is so much more behind even the voice. Everyone will uh, be required to vote, which is an illegal constitution, by the way. It has not been signed off by the proper practices. Um, it is not what they're saying about helping the Aboriginal people. They need help. They need a lot of help. Money is given to them every year, but it doesn't land up in their care. It's, it's funded off somewhere else where we don't know, but it's, it's corrupt. So this is a whole um, Trojan horse, and uh, we need to be aware of that. And if you're not aware of it, do your homework. You'll find even the UN is connected with it. It's a land grab and uh, using the Aboriginal people. I've, I've sat under quite a few different meetings now with uh, people, Aboriginal elders, they are against this whole thing as well. They know what it means. They know it's corrupt. It's, it's a, a con job. It's a Trojan horse. But that's the works of the enemy. He works like that. He presents like it's all good, but he has something evil behind him because he is the father of all lies. He cannot tell the truth. And that's why I'm saying if someone lies, what are they? They are a liar. So how can you trust a liar? And we know Satan is the father of all lies. So how can you trust anything he says or anyone that follows him in those things? Our whole faith is based on the works of God's word and his truth. And we've started this whole 
series off called The Foundations of Faith, and uh, because it's in a time now that your faith is going to be challenged like never before. You need to be assured and understand what do you stand for. Do you stand on an understanding there is a God, or do you stand in a relationship with God? Because there's two different things that are taking place there. Even the devil knows there's a God, and that's not going to save him. And uh, we need to understand that. We need to stand on a solid foundation because uh, that's where the truth will be revealed. And that's exactly where the devil attacks. As I said, the devil attacks the foundation. The foundation. That's why we say we want to call us foundations of faith. Because you've got to understand the devil's not going to attack on things that don't change much. But he knows if he can get into the foundations, the Word of God, and mess with you and your belief system, he can, he can win you over. And that's what he's been doing. That's why we have, you know, so many different cults out there and religious groups and things like that. He'll try to deceive you. It can only be one truth. Ignore this truth, Bizzo, my truth, your truth. Now, that's your opinion. There's only one truth, and Jesus is his name. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. See, your foundation, what you build your life on is so important. I remember hearing a story years ago when I was doing a, uh, owning a builder's course, building a house and things, and, uh, and this builder told me about this shonky builder that was going around. And uh, if you're familiar with the process of building a house, they come first of all, level off the ground. They dig into the ground for where they're going to pour the concrete, and they put uh, reinforcement rods in, structures and things before they pour the slab on top. Well, this particular builder would be called in to set up all the rods. He'd put them all in, wire them all up in the trenches that they've built or dug. And uh, then the inspector would come along, see, yes, all the rods are in place. Now he gives the okay for the cement to come in and pour the slab. Now, in between that, the, the, the inspector would go off. As soon as he's off site, this builder would start ripping some of the rods out and putting them back on his truck. And, uh, of course, when the concrete comes, he doesn't care. He just pours concrete on it, and suddenly you're left with a structure that is not as strong as what it should be. And as you start building on a structure that's not as strong as what it should be, it starts to appear with cracks. And this is what was happening in a lot of these houses. That's how they found out there was not enough uh, reinforcement in there. Your reinforcement is the Word of God. And if, you have those, if that is in your life, I tell you, it will hold you together through what is about to happen. It'll hold you strong. But if it's not, if you haven't got enough rods, like you don't take God seriously enough, cracks are going to start appearing. You'll start to worry. You'll be fearful. I'm not scared at all. I'm not fearful at all because I know he wins. I know he wrote the book and I know how it ends. And so, but if you do not know that, if you do not know who God is and you do not have that confidence in him, you're going to be scared for what's about to take place, I can tell you. We need to have confidence in Him. Proverbs 9.10 says, The fear of Jehovah is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the holy is understanding. So we need to have the fear of Jehovah, that means the reverence of Him. Let's take Him seriously, not like He's your, your best buddy kind of thing. You're talking about the God of creation, the God of the universe, which I'm going to get into in a minute. Um, we need to know who God is. If you want to know God, it won't come from an opinion, but from His Word. So many people out there have an opinion of who God is. Oh, God would never do that. I don't believe that's God. I don't. Well, based on what? On your opinion or the Word of God? 
Because when we read the Word of God, we find the character of God. We understand who God is because He's written about Himself in His Word. If you haven't read His Word, how, do you, how can you say who God is? How can you actually say, God is this, God is that, when you have not read His Word? It's only your opinion. So it's important that we have a grounding in His Word. And of course, the Bible holds all the answers right from the beginning to the end. And it's been put in that order. Of course, Genesis is not originally the first book that was written, but it's the first book that gives you the understanding of the foundation of the Bible. The Bible is made up of 66 books, 39 in the Old Testament, 27 in the New. But Genesis was put in place, and we're going to go to Genesis chapter 1. Genesis chapter 1 is the foundation, the foundational book, the foundation of which everything else stands on. As, like I said, if the slab is not right, it doesn't matter what you put on top, it will fall. It needs to be built on a solid foundation. Years ago, in somewhere in Dernancourt, there was a, a uh, dump. For many years, people just dumped rubbish there, and uh, they decided they're going to sell the land and build houses on it. So a contractor was called in to clear all the rubbish so they could build houses on, on top. Now what happened was this builder thought, nobody's looking, I've got a bobcat, I'm going to dig a hole and bury it all. So rather than removing the rubbish, he dug a hole, <laughs> poured it all in and uh, buried it. Of course the site was all flattened and they thought it was all good, they came along, put out their pegs and checked, a few samples of soil were taken uh, they must have just missed those areas. I don't know how that happened. But they built houses on there. And shortly after, certain corners of the houses were cracking and falling away. Things were starting to disappear. See, if you build your life on rubbish, that's what's going to happen. God built on the truth of God's Word. So the book of Genesis gives us vital information concerning the origin of all things. So the book of Genesis is very important. You know, we sometimes think of about it when we're teaching kids about God's Word, you know. Uh, we go to stories about Noah and different things and Adam and Eve and, and whatever. But it is so important because it has the origins of everything. Because uh, the, future, the future is actually bound up in the past. The Old Testament is the New Testament concealed and the New Testament is the Old Testament revealed. So what we see building in the Old Testament is actually revealed in the New Testament. But what was written in the New Testament was actually hidden and concealed in the Old Testament. So it's very important that we understand the book of Genesis and uh, look at those things. I'm not going to be able to go through the whole book unless you've got a few days to sit around. <laughs> but we'll certainly look at some of it. One's belief concerning his origin will have an impact in his belief in his purpose and destiny. So one's belief, in, if, you're, if you believe you're like evolutionists believe you come from a monkey, I mean, sometimes you think there may be evidence looking at some people, <laughs> but the way they behave as well. Uh, but if you believe you come from animals, this will have an effect on you because there is no purpose, no destiny in that. But if you believe you are a creation of God, there is a purpose and a destiny in that. Jeremiah 29 says this, For I know the purposes which I am purposing for you, says Jehovah, purposes of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. So God has done everything with a purpose. He's made you for a purpose and for a destiny. You are not just some sort of animal. The devil would love you to think that. In fact, he's blinded a lot of... You've seen this crazy stuff we were just talking about the other day with the young ones 
call themselves furries. They think they're animals. It's crazy. That is a demonic thing. A demonic thing. When you, and it's even worse when the schools are going along, along with it. Where some girl thinks she's a cat and they had to put a litter tray out for her. It, it's insane. And uh, talking to my daughter who deals with the youth, she said she's heard the stories. And some of them, she said, this is demonic, Dad, because they go on all fours like they're a cat or a dog. And some of them can actually run like a cat and a dog. They said, that's not normal. That's demonic. But that's what the devil would like you to know or believe, that you have no destiny, no purpose. You're just an animal. You're a nothing. But God has made you something for a purpose in a time such as this. So uh, we can trust the Word of God. The book of Genesis actually means origin, beginning. As Henry Morris teaches in his book called The Genesis Record, it reveals quite a few things to us. It reveals the origin of the universe, the origin of order and complexity, the origin of solar system, the origin of atmosphere and hydrosphere, which is water, origin of life, the origin of man, origin of marriage, origin of evil, origin of language, origin of government, origin of culture, and origin of nations, to mention a few. So everything that we face, everything we uh, encounter, can be found in the book of Genesis, particularly the first 11 chapters of Genesis tells you everything. I mean, like, why are we here today wearing clothes? <laughs> Genesis tells us why, right? And you go, oh, because it's a bit cold. No, what if it's a hot day? You know, like, people don't think about those things. There's, everything is linked back to this foundational book. If you work through Genesis, you will find the whole story of redemption and sin, which is found right through to the end of the book. And, of course, it presents the creation record. Uh, Genesis is written, as acknowledged by theologians, being written by Moses. And, of course, Moses wasn't there when everything happened. So, obviously, God has given him first-hand information about that. It wouldn't be crazy to see the beginning of the world, which we're going to look at right now in the first book of Genesis, um, chapter 1. I'm only going to deal with five verses today, basically, which is the first day of creation, because there's so much just in this verse. So if you've got your Bibles with you, let's just turn to Genesis chapter 1, 1. And reading through to verse uh, 5, we will do. And we'll just unpack a little bit. I just want, to get, I want you to get a feel of the foundation, that because how big is God to you? Do you see God, some people see God as like out there, I can't even think about it, it's just too much. Something God is awesome, amazing. God is this small. God's on the same level as me. There's all sorts of misunderstandings out there. And I think when you read this chapter, you will actually see the greatness of God, that He is not like us. He is so much greater than us. We are His created. Okay, Genesis chapter 1, verse 1 says, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was without form and empty, and darkness was on the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God moved on the face of the waters. And God said, let there be light, and there was light. And God saw the light, that it was good. And God divided between the light and the darkness, and God called the light day, and he called the darkness night, and the evening and the morning were the first day. Now, from there, of course, we go on to the other day, so I'm just going to quickly whiz through that. We're not going to have time to go through each one individually, because I want to get back to this verse first here. So, Carl, if you just put up that chart there. Uh, so here we are, just quickly, six days of creation. 
Uh, day one, the light and the earth. Day two, separated the waters above and below. Day three, dry land and plants. Day four, sun, moon, plants and stars. Day five, flying uh, like birds and sea creatures. And of course, day six was the animals and man. Very, you really need to understand and spend a bit more time on all that. But I just want to get like to the start of all this because it says God has made all these things. In Psalm 19 verse 1, it says, The heavens declare the glory of God and the expanse proclaims His handiwork. So His creation reveals His glory and how great He is. Nobody is able to uh, do what God can do. It has been said that if a person believes in Genesis 1-1, he will not find it difficult to believe everything else recorded. That's why it's key that you start with, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. This one verse refutes all of men's fake philosophies concerning the origin and meaning of the world. It refutes atheism because the universe was created by God. It refutes pantheism, which is the belief that God and the universe are the same thing. For God is far greater to which he has created. It refutes polytheism which is the belief or worship of more than one God. For one God uh, created all things, and His name is Jesus. It refutes materialism, for matter had a beginning. It refutes dualism, because God was alone when He created. It refutes humanism, because God, not man, is the ultimate reality. It refutes evolutionism, because God created all things. So in that one verse, it refutes all these things. And of course, all these philosophies came after the Word of God written here. So it's not like they, they had these other thoughts going around and then God's jumped in on it and said, well, I created everything. And uh, no, it was Him from the beginning. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The beginning. The beginning of creation, not the beginning of God, because some people go, well, where did God come from? You know, is he talking about, no, it's talking about the beginning of creation. This is a story. Now, in the Hebrew understanding, they accept God was there before anything. So they're writing from that perspective, like in the beginning now of creation, God's already there. We don't need to explain that because we believe that by faith. We understand that. And the word, um, in the beginning, comes the word uh, reshif, which means the first. God was first. God puts things in order. God is an orderly God. So he ranks things in place. And the first thing was he created the heavens and the earth was the starting place as it needed to prelude those things that it was going to put on the earth. uh, In fact, in that very beginning, if you want to know that is truly the word of God, you can see God's seal on the approval of that very verse of Genesis 1.1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now, for those that are not understanding, in the Hebrew language, as the Greek, uh, every letter of the alphabet has a number value. So when you're talking Hebrew words, uh, a letter also has a number value. So letters and numbers are the same. So it'd be like our English alphabet, A, B, C, D, whatever, A being 1, B, 2, C, 3, whatever, and going on. It have a value. So if you come up with a name, it also has a number value, which you can add up. Now, we know, as we just saw that chart again, if you just put that one back up again, Carly, on the sixth day, God created man. What happened after the sixth day? On the seventh day, he rested. Okay. So, it was like seven represents God's 
completion of something, God's seal on something. So if he was to put his seal on his own written word, you'd expect it to see in the opening verse, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. Well, let's just see exactly how that was. I'm just going to give you a few. There's a lot here. So just on those few little words, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth, we find seven Hebrew words. These seven words have exactly 28 letters, which are four sevens. There are three nouns, God, heaven, earth. Their total numeric value is exactly 777, uh, which is 111 sevens. There is one Hebrew word, created. It's, a numeric, its numeric value is exactly 203, adds up to the number 203, which is 29 sevens. The first three Hebrew words contain the subject. They have exactly 14 letters, which is two sevens. The other four contain the objects with 14 letters, two sevens. The fourth and the fifth words have exactly seven letters. um, The sixth and seventh words have exactly seven letters, which equals seven. The Hebrew words for the two objects, the heaven and the earth, each have exactly seven letters. The value of the first, middle, and the last letters. It goes on. I think you're starting to get something here. The the seal of God's number seven. My birthday is the seventh. (laughs) That's another story. Anyway... (laughs) Seven Hebrew words. God puts his seal on everything. In fact, theologians found that that goes right through the word of God. So if you take out a particular word, it can actually collapse that whole system. So every word of God is important. Every word of God is there and a purpose. And of course, we we showed the man was made on the sixth day. Man is fallen. So fallen man is represented by six. And that's how we get the 666, because the perfection of any number, the Trinity is the perfection, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit is three. So you take any number to its third position, you have the perfection of that number. So fallen man is six, the perfection of the fallen man is 666, which is the Antichrist. Just just side note there. <laughs> so um, God seals his word. God is making it clear in the beginning, he created the whole universe. You know, because you can only have two options here. Either eternal matter was just there, or God, eternal God was there. Only God can create. Man can make things or form things. You know, we can take a chunk of wood and we can make, carve it into something. But we can't make the wood. We can't create... Uh, we can only form things. We can't create things out of nothing. God created things from nothing. If you think you're good at creating, try this one. Think right now in your mind. Think of an animal in your imagination, put an animal together in your mind of something you've never seen before. All right? Just have a quick think about that. Think of something. Imagine an animal that you've never seen before. Has anyone got a picture? <laughs> well, it's hard, but if you have... I bet you everything on there is something you've already seen because you cannot create. God can create. We can form and put things together. We can take a rabbit's ears and stick it on something else, but we can't create the ears. You know, we, we can do that because that is the creative nature of God. Only God can create something. He said, let there be, and there was. We can say, let there be, and nothing changes. <laughs> Genesis 1-2 says, And the earth was without form and empty, 
See, once again, the earth was without any form and was totally empty. And it says, darkness was on the face of the deep and the Spirit of God moved on the face of the waters. God was bringing his order to prepare a foundation for the earth to be inhabited. Once again, God makes things for a purpose. God took the formless earth and started forming things out of nothing. Isaiah 45 verse 18 says, For so says Jehovah, the creator of the heavens, He is God forming the earth and making it. He makes it stand, not creating it empty, but forming it to be inhabited. He he made it to be inhabited. So God had a plan. So it's not like He went, oh, that's pretty empty. Let me do something with that. Uh, He already had a plan for you and I to be part of that whole creation process. Because God brings order. And this is where the opposite of that is Satan who brings disorder. He only, and that's what we're seeing. This is why you're seeing disorder. It's a fight, good and evil going on right now. God, God of order, the devil being that of disorder. And it goes on to say in Genesis 1, 3, And God said, Let there be light. And there was light. How cool is that? Let there be light. Bang, there's light. You know, and... Uh, you cannot have darkness where there's light. It doesn't matter how small the light is, um, it will always shine in darkness. And that's the importance of you and I, no matter how dark this world goes, we are believers in Christ, our light needs to shine. Our light will shine. And uh, we need to be aware of that. And it says that God saw the light, that it was good. And, and, and if you go through the Genesis record in the beginning, you'll see this, and God says it was good. And then at the end he says it was very good. See, God created everything that was very good. So how did it get from very good to very bad? <laughs> it's because of disorder through the devil bringing it to that point of view. Um, and uh, God said, let there be light, and there was light, and God saw the lights, and it was good. And God divided between the light and the darkness. So it gives an account of why we have light and day. And then it goes on to say, and God called the light day, and he called the darkness night. And the evening and the morning were the first day. Now, in the Jewish concept and how God designed this, and this has even been changed how we, I I just discovered this myself and understand, oh, I knew of it, but I didn't really think it through. The day starts when the sun goes down, right? It's not the next morning. See, we go, oh, you know, I've had a terrible day, can't wait to start tomorrow morning, right? But it, it starts not then in the Bible, it starts even the sun goes down and you're starting a new day. So that's a different concept, right? So what that means, because God wants you to enter a new day into rest. He wants you to rest because at nighttime you can go to bed with all these things on, that happen during the day on your mind and, and like, oh, can't wait for a new day to get rid of this. God wants you to leave that behind so you start a new day then and you enter into his rest. He talks a lot about entering into his rest. As he did, you know, we, we were made, man was made on the sixth day. What was his first day experience? rest okay that's the pattern that god put in place yeah we've got it all wrong it's all like we've got to work work and yeah god has never made it to be like that so if you can start thinking differently like that it will change your world as well so the new day starts at sunset it's not like you have to go like the sun's gone down oh good morning <laughs> but it's, it's a whole concept of how god has put everything in a cycle god has created everything in a cycle uh, for the sun, the moon, and the Jewish calendar will follow the movements of all that. That was the original calendar until Pope Gregory took hold of it and changed it all. 
and uh, we're all out. Uh, even if you think about the months, um, uh, sept does not mean nine. The ninth month means seven. Oct means not October is the tenth month. Oct means eight. So we're out of whack. The whole thing, and I think that's the devil's uh, doing there. So we, it will not show you God's creation and how it all works together, like the movement of the sun and the moon and all that stuff. So he has been behind a lot of things and creating a lot of havoc. Um, so the day starts at sunset, and we need to enter into God's rest. God has called us to enter into that place of rest, but the devil doesn't want you to enter into rest. He wants you to enter into chaos. He wants you to be fearful. He wants you to be worried all the time. What's happening... Because when you're in that state of mind, you'll accept anything. He knows he can win over you if you're not thinking properly. And when we enter into God's rest and we have God on our side, we, we are confident in Him, we don't worry. So we can just relax, and when you relax, you think differently. You know, it's great when you sort of go on holidays and you, just, you might just be going for a walk somewhere in the forest, and it's just like a different world, it's just peaceful, and you can start to think. As soon as you go back to the office, it's all hectic. It's like crazy stuff. And God wants you to be in that place with Him where you spend that time with Him, not being freaked out by what's going on in the world, not worrying about tomorrow, for tomorrow has enough worries of its own. We need to come into His presence, His place. God has created everything. God's got everything under control. And as I said before, He wrote the beginning. Guess what? He also wrote the end. And everything in between. So everything is in control by God. God has set everything up. There's no surprises. God goes, oh, I didn't see that one coming. (laughs) He knows all too well exactly what is going on. And he knows you and I. He knows you better than you know yourself. So when we put our confidence in him rather than in situations or in people, then we'll see our world a different place altogether. Isaiah 33 verse 6 says this, and he, will, and he will be the security of your times and strength of salvation, wisdom and knowledge. The fear of Jehovah is his treasure. He will be the security of your times. The times we're living in right now, he will be your security. Not your wealth, not your house, not anything else, your job or anything. It will be him and him alone will be the security in, those ti- in these times. Because people, go, people have been crying out, oh, I wish it would go back to this. I like that because we're creatures of habit. We like our comfort zones. But I'm telling you, what we had in the past was not right either. It's just that we, when you're brought up with something, that's all you know. So you think that's normal. But I'm telling you, it's never been normal. Since the fall of Adam and Eve, right from the beginning, the whole world has, the whole creation has been affected. And it's never been what God intended it to be. God is going to bring it back to what he intended it to be. But he's not going to bring people that choose not to follow him with that line of thinking. So this morning, I want you to think about where your foundation of faith lies. Is it in the Word of God or is it in a man's opinion? Is it what you see and what you think or is it in God's Word? Because you need to be built on a solid foundation. And if you don't know that foundation... You need to start that walk with Jesus. Because as much as it says in Genesis 1.1, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth, there's a parallel to that in John 1.1 where it says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So Jesus was there in the beginning. 
So it's not like Jesus suddenly appeared. He appeared in flesh, but he was already there in the beginning. He knows all things. And he calls you to a life with him this morning because his life is perfect. He says, cast your worries, your burdens upon me for my yoke is light. And this morning, I want to give you an opportunity to, to know Jesus. If, you don't, if you've never made a decision for Jesus, it says, for as many as receive him in John 1.12, gives them the right to become children of God. You know you have a right as His creation to become a child of God. But you know what? God would not twist your arm on it. God would not force you to do anything because He's given you that choice. He's given you that freedom to do that. But as many as receive Him, as many, He gives the right to become children of God. And if you've never made that decision this morning to be a child of God, You have a right to be able to do that this morning. And it's about coming into a relationship with the true living God, repenting of your sin, turning away from the way you were living and turning to Him. Receive Him as Lord and Savior. Living a life for Him. If that's you in this place this morning, I want to pray for you. Let's just bow our heads right now. Father, I just pray for everyone here right now. God, if they're not standing right with you, they're not standing firm with you, I've never received you. God, you give us all an opportunity. And right now in this place, if you've never received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you've never built on that solid foundation, it's one prayer away. And I'd love to pray with you. If that's you in this place right now and you want to give your life to Jesus Christ or you're coming back to Jesus, you once followed Him and you've realized you've gone offline and you need to come back to Him, now is the time. And if that's you, I just want to know if that is you out there. Just when I was looking, just raise your hand so I can see that hand and I can just pray for you. Or perhaps you're not even sure. Now is the time. Just raise your hand. I'll see that hand and pray for you. I believe that God is going to move in your world. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. There was something said, and I've, this verse has been said, or not verse, this uh, comment has been made before. If you were arrested for being a Christian, would there be enough evidence to convict you? Some of you have been hiding the light that's in you. Now is the time to shine in this climate. Where there is darkness, we need to see the light shine even brighter than ever before. And this morning, if you feel like I've not been the witness I should have been, could have been. Don't give up. Don't give up. Look for opportunities. Pray each day. Say, God, give me an opportunity this morning to speak your word, to speak your truth to somebody that they may see the light. If that's you this morning, you just say, I need that boldness. I need that confidence to speak out in my world. Wherever I am at work, God, I pray you give me those opportunities. If that's you this morning, just raise your hand too. I'm going to pray for you. Believe, yes, see those hands. Amen. Amen. For now is the time. Father, I just pray right now for those that have raised their hands. Father, I pray also for all of us that God, we will be a witness to this world of who you are, to your goodness. That God, we demonstrate the power of your kingdom. That your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. 
God, we pray that we'll shine our light to all those that we encounter on our walk in life. We pray for the salvation of the many. We pray for this area of Saul's Breeze where we meet each week, that God, people will come to know you, that people will come, be drawn through the doors of this building to hear the word, the living word of life that is found in you, Jesus. So, Father, we thank you this day. We thank you that you are our foundation on which we can have confidence and stand on and not worry for the days ahead because you've written all that is in the word. We know we win. and The victory is yours now and forevermore. In Jesus' name, amen.